Are you a current speaker or an attorney, coach, expert, or entrepreneur who's tired of speaking for free or being underpaid? Are you ready to make bank for your brilliance? I have the perfect solution for you. Speaker moguls. We create highly paid sought after speakers by focusing on teaching you to master the business of professional speaking and building a bankable speaker brand that gets you known and paid. If you're ready to do what it takes for clients to put some respect on your name and pay you your value, you need to join our Speaker Moguls community now. You can join us at speakermogulsgroup.com. Yep, that's speakermoguls with an S, group.com. Let's go get your money. Welcome to the Ladies Who Leverage podcast, where we empower women to connect authentically, build strategically, and live life unapologetically AF. It's time for women to embrace that they are powerful at their core and to leverage their expertise, resources, and relationships to build their business, their brand, and their badassery. I'm your host, Kelly Charles Collins, and we invite you to subscribe to the Ladies Who Leverage podcast. Our episodes drop every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern. So listen, enjoy, share, and subscribe. Welcome to the Ladies Who Leverage podcast. I am your host, Kelly Charles Collins, and today we have an awesome guest. Her name is Deanna Jean, and um, Deanna and I met on Clubhouse, well, through Clubhouse, um, probably about a couple months ago, maybe, and um, she's just a brilliant woman, and I can't wait for you to hear her story and just share what she knows and talking about. One of the things we're going to talk about today is the importance of having a tribe or a network or your girls or your support system or whatever you want to call them, your squad. We're going to be talking about that today. But before we get started, I want to just give you a little bit about her background so that you can know who she is and where she comes from and why we should all listen to her. So Deanna Jean is a Brooklyn-born success coach, professional speaker, and a proud breast cancer survivor. Her sweet spot is empowering women executives and entrepreneurs to get out of their heads and into action by surrounding themselves with a success tribe of connectors and collaborators to help them crush their goals. In addition to serving on several boards, Deanna's passions include mentorship, economic empowerment, equity in education, special needs advocacy, faith, and loving on her tremendous village, which includes her hubby, he is so supportive of her, and her three amazing children. So Deanna, welcome to the Ladies Who Leverage podcast. I am so glad to be here, Kelly. Thank you so much for such the amazing welcome. It's always interesting when you hear someone uh, introduce you, even though you know what they're going to say. It's like, oh, I did do that. Oh, that's yeah. right. <laughs> um, so I appreciate it. I'm excited about the conversation. Yeah. And so I also want to say that um, Deanna is now a member of our Ladies Who Leverage community. So I I'm so excited about that and cannot wait to see how your, your business just thrives. And, and you just as a person, um, you have so much going on. And I think that it's going to be awesome because that is a tribe, right? We are there um, to support and uplift you. So let's talk a little bit about you, Miss Deanna. What is your background, like in terms of your education and how you come to this space and being a success coach? 
wow, that that could be a podcast by itself too, right? So I was I was the gonna, short version. I know I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the shortish version of it. So I was okay. born and raised in, in in Bushwick, Brooklyn. So not the Brooklyn of uh you know 2021, not the gentrified Brooklyn, but you know the Brooklyn of the the early 80s and and 90s. My parents actually, my mom still lives in the same Bushwick neighborhood where my parents oh, wow. were in the late 60s. My mom was an educator. Um, and then my dad um, did a number of different things. He worked in the steel mill and things like that. So um, I went from that to earning a scholarship when I was 13 to actually go away to prep school. So I was in boarding school for four years in Farmington, Connecticut, which is just about two hours outside of New York City. Um, and that was that was culture shock on like steroids, not just for me, but for also, you know, the other right folks there, there at, at the school and in that environment. Um, and that is actually the place where I really, really started to understand um, that for me was where community and connection collided and really helped me to understand that I was a tribe builder. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, I went on to um, I went on to GW. And I have dual degrees there in international business and finance as well as Spanish and got out of GW. And after all that education, after all that, that priming, still didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. Right. I, there yep. were so many different things that I could have done. Right. It's like the curse of many talents um, and ultimately ended up making what was a good decision to go into a management training program to run educational centers. Um, I was running some of the largest educational centers in Brooklyn at the time. And then that ultimately, someone told me one day that that was sales. And I'm like, no, it's not sales. <laughs> I talk to people and I build a relationship with them. And like, eventually they do what I want them to do. And they're like, no, Deanna, that's very much sales. Um, and so from there, I went into more of what you would call kind of a direct sales role. And that was really where I started to realize the impact that I was able to have with my voice, but also the unique way that I build relationships. And that direct sales role eventually over a 15 year period of time turned into executive sales leadership that was always founded in the idea of helping each individual person to lean into their gifts um, and to build tribe around the areas that they were gapped in. And eventually I realized that that's so much more coaching uh, than that is, you know, sales leadership. And that was how I eventually ended up rolling more into coaching. And over the last five to six years, that has been the core of everything that I've done. So I tried to make it as short as possible. No, that's good. No, because I want to go back, though, to what you said about um, the boarding school, because going from, you know, Brooklyn, 1980s, 1990s Brooklyn, um, to boarding school in Connecticut had to be, like you said, a culture shock for you and for them. But you said that that is where you, you started to understand your power in terms of building tribe. What was it about that experience that gave you that epiphany? So I think that there were a few things. The first thing was it was a place because it was a very, very small girls school. So it was a place where regardless of how shocked we were culturally, we were all encouraged and empowered to use our voice to like maximum volume. And ultimately we realized that when we began, we began to use our voices, that those were the things that connected us. 
when we began to use our voices and we began to have conversations, that was when we realized that the things that the world may see in us that are different, our voices were the things that actually helped us to understand that we were so much more alike than we were different. And then it gave us the opportunity then to be able to hear each other differently, engage with each other differently. And literally it changed the trajectory of all of our lives, right? So for me, it was the opportunity to be able to use my voice in an unabashed way. And then to be in an environment where I would have probably never thought I'd have a voice mm-hmm. and to be like a super prominent voice in that environment. Um, that was really super helpful to me. That was very encouraging to me. And that was when I knew that I had a gift. Yeah. You know, it's so important. I always tell people, um, you know, conversations change things. There's so much power in having a conversation because like you said, on the outside, our lives may seem so different. You come from here. I come from here. There's no way that we could have anything that would bond us. And then you have a conversation and it's like, oh yeah, I did that. Oh, I know this. Oh, I grew up. Oh yeah, that's my favorite too, right? There's so many things that connect us, but um, society tries to keep us at bay, right? Mm -hmm. So that they can continue whatever divisiveness is going on. And so I think that that's a powerful uh, lesson from your story. And then second, which I find really interesting is that in that timeframe, in the eighties, in the nineties, that you all were being empowered to use your voice, right? Because so many times, like when, when we are girls, Um, And we are put in spaces where there are other girls um, and that 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 is not the conversation. Right. The conversation is not about um, empowerment and lifting your voice and using your voice and leveraging your voice. What do you think was. And and maybe maybe, you know, (laughs) I'm out of um, touch in this, in this situation. And maybe there were more spaces that were doing that, but I do know just in general about women, what do you think it was about that environment and the people who ran that environment mm-hmm. that they saw the value in instilling that type of power in you all as young girls? You know, it's interesting because it really, so I graduated from high school in 1999. So I, I oh, I'm old. <laughs> I mean, Kelly, come on. I'm, I'm, I'm old. Right. So um, I was there from 95 to 99. And when I have an opportunity now to be able to look at the way that the girls who are there now are engaging and the opportunities that they have, it feels so different mm-hmm. than what I had. Right. But I also know that what I experienced there was heads and shoulders above what the average girl in any environment, I'm not going to say in Brooklyn, in any environment was, was really experiencing That's right. because there were two things that were very clear about the school and almost like model, well, were models of the school. The first was that we had a mission statement that basically ended and it still does exist, um, that we expect our graduates to shape a changing world. That was one part of, of the mission statement. And then the second part of the mission statement was, or a second part of kind of the adage was, um, we, we come as girls and we leave as women. Uh-huh. And, and it was everything that you did there. Like the intention was so strong in making sure that you left that place 
even in the early, you know, 90s, wherever it was, that you left there ready to lead. Um, and still some of the most powerful women that I know um, came from that space in that time. Yeah, I love that because, you know, and we talk about mission and it's something that I talk about with the ladies and ladies who leverage all the time. And so you'll hear me say it all the time <laughs> around what is your mission? What is your vision? Right. And because their mission was so clear, mm. everything that they did, everything that they they taught you, everything in, in how they operated with you and the other girls was so clear and aligned with that. And that's why it's so important for us to know what is our mission in life, right? Whether it's a personal mission or a business mission, because if anything was happening in that space that didn't align with that, they could easily course correct, right? It, they could easily pull back. And when you don't have that type of um, guiding force, mm -hmm. right, you just end up all over the place. So for you, I mean, I think just I'm blown away. Um, that you had that experience because I, you know, for me, I always think about women and their voices and people talk about, you know, oh, you, you know, they, they're voiceless or they, you know, they have to find their voice. And it's not about finding our voice. Women always have a voice. 100%. It's whether or not we've been placed in situations where that voice has been muted, <laughs> that voice has been spoken over, or like in your situation where that voice has been amplified. Absolutely. Allowed to be amplified. And, you know, it, there were times when, like, I'm sure that the administration were there, like, do we really want to do this? Because we, we challenged them, too. Right. right but right. I think one of the lessons that I learned from that experience and that I've taken into life and definitely into business, because I built community, too. Right. Is that you attract what you project. So. The fact that um, the school in and of itself or, or my business or ladies who leverage um, projects such an intentional mission and vision, it is going to attract people who are only aligned to that mission and right. vision, right? So it becomes less sometimes about like the culture that has been created by the school and more so the culture that is curated by the folks who are attracted to that environment. Yeah. And it, it holds the same in life and in business, I think, right? Yeah. Especially when absolutely. it comes to the building community. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I, I wanted to go back to that because I just, I found that as you said that I was like, whoa, <laughs> that is really a, a fascinating experience to have had as a young girl, right? Um, Life-changing, yeah. Right, right. Because, you know, we're told, you know, be quiet sit down, don't raise your voice, don't do those things. And so I'm glad that you had um, that experience. And I hope that, you know, more young girls will have that same um, type of experience and that, you know, all of our schools and our workplaces and all of that understand the value of women's voices um, and stop trying to mute us, stop trying to disrespect us, disregard us. Um, speak over us. <laughs> Listen, I, for me, I think that one of the challenges, even when I think about that experience, is that um, that experience in many instances is so exclusive to the elite. Yes. One percent. Like when I was when I was there and this is again, 95 to 99. Right. 
Um, and I earned a full scholarship. I was at the tuition room and board was like 25, 30,000 um, to date. Mm-hmm. Room and board to attend the same school um, is hovering around $70,000 a yeah. year. Yeah. Um, and as amazing and as, as transformative as that experience is, it should be more accessible um, to more people. Yeah. And right? we should, and I mean, even further than that, Deanna, we shouldn't have to pay for that. Right. And that's, that's what I mean by accessible. Yeah. Like that the, experience, the experience should, should be accessible. Ex- that's what I mean by access, right? Yeah. Like it should be happening everywhere. Not yeah. just access to that school, but that experience should be accessible to yeah. every girl in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to be on a mission to get that done. Let's get that done. Yes. <laughs> let's get that done. All right. So let's move forward because, I, um, and I hope that people really, when they heard that, I hope they realized how unique yeah. um, of an experience that was for you. <laughs> And that we make it so that it is commonplace so that I, you know, it wouldn't be for me to be like, nope, let's double back to that. Because, yeah, like how that happen? Right, right, yeah. right, right. That everybody's like, oh yeah, well me too. Like, yeah. you know, I already yeah. had that experience. Yeah, so exactly. that's what we, that's the goal. Absolutely. Yeah. And so as you started to move through, you know, your career and you started to, you know, people telling you that this is sales and you started to get into sales leadership, what was it about those experiences that for you said, hmm, there's something more to it than me being the leader, but the building of the people around me, the connections, the, you know, the developing this core and this village. And like I said, whatever you want to call it, your village, your squad, yeah. your peeps, your whoever, right. what was it that, that like triggered for you to say, there's something to this? Oh my gosh, so many things. So the first is that I was going on my merry way, my sales career, right? Making more money than I had ever made, just as a frontline salesperson. Um, And it was not taking the same amount of effort that it was taking Mm. other people. And continually, I was being asked to join calls. Deanna, talk about your strategy. Talk talk about your methodology. Talk about your thing. And I'm like, I talk to people and listen to people. And then you know, I help them understand how I can improve their position. Like that, and long story short, that's what I do, right? And after a few years of that, they're like, we want you to be a regional vice president. And I was like, negative, I do not. (laughs) And they were like, well, why? And I said, because I've never seen this regional vice president role being done in a way that I would want to do it. And I had an amazing mentor who was a Southern white male, um, probably at the time about like 50 years old, maybe late 40s. And he said, well, then Deanna, do it your way. And I thought, huh, that's interesting. Because the industry that I was in was very, very white, male, middle-aged dominated, right? Right. But I was in the top 1% of like what was happening there. And so I went into this RVP role and decided that I was really going to focus on leaning into people's gifts. Like, instead of saying, like, these are your KPIs, you have to do 55 calls a week, you have to knock on this many doors, you have to send this many emails. I said, all right, let's start with the, the end in mind, right? Um, seven habits. Let's begin with the end in mind. And let's figure out, based on what you love to do, 
based on why you got into sales, based on when you were performing at your best, how do we get you there? And they're like, well, Deanna, I don't need to do hundred calls. I just need to, you know, do 10 calls, but like those calls need to be with the right people. Or, you know, Deanna, I don't, I don't do calls. I, I'm more effective when I drop by. Or Deanna, I'm just better at being able to get people to refer people to me. Then do that. And my team started to have these tremendous results, right? And I realized that it was, not, and some people are like, oh, you're such a great sales leader. I'm like, but I'm not, I'm, I'm a coach, right? I'm, I'm a person who is able to understand how to help people get the best out of themselves without killing themselves yeah. and in a way that feels natural to them. So ultimately I started to realize that that was coaching, right? And had an opportunity and kind of a situation that could have become really tragic to re-pivot my career. So I was diagnosed with breast cancer when I was uh, five months pregnant with my daughter and the company I was with was tremendous. They were amazing, right? Um, and it came time for me to come back and they were like, yeah, Deanna, come back, come back into this role. And I went back into that role for a little bit. And I tell people all the time, and you know, your mom's a breast cancer survivor, right? Right. After you beat breast cancer specifically, after you go through breast cancer treatments while pregnant, um, chemo, radiation, emergency C-section, all that. When you come back, like you're not the same person. No. And whatever situation and environment you're in, feel smallish, mm -hmm. right? You're like, yeah. it feels a little contained, right? So I came back and I, I basically renegotiated my position there to focus specifically on um, coaching and built out the kind of coaching and enablement arm of this company and had that pivot me into kind of a larger leadership role that prepared me to be able to start my consultancy. So long story short, it always all came back to me for building intentional connection and in building that connection, helping people understand their strength and their gift and yeah. not to feel like limiting behavior, like limiting beliefs around their gaps. Yeah. You know, as I was listening to you, what I heard is you know, just appealing to people's best and higher self. That's exactly it. That's exactly yeah. it. Always. And, yeah. Because when, when you do that, um, and I love what you were saying about um, people, you know, yeah, I can call 10 people or no, I need to go over here and knock on their door or no, I'm better at, you know, getting people to refer. So many of what, so many um, ways that we do things, we do because we think that's the way it should be done because somebody said it should be done. I was having, a, I'm going to tie this to how we operate now. Yeah. I was having a conversation about social media and mm -hmm. how, you know, everyone says like, you know, you got to post three times a day. This week is 30 hashtags. Next week is three to five and you got to do reels. And then no, because now you need to be on TikTok. And yeah, it has to have like all these captions. And then you're supposed to be pointing here and you're pointing there and you're doing all the things. And I was like, well, who said? Yeah. <laughs> like, who exactly. Said? Exactly. Right? Who said? And so when you start to have those expectations for people, right? And you have somebody who's like, but I don't want to be on social media and right. I don't right. want to be pointing and I don't want to do those <laughs> things. Right. Right. But, but I can be successful if you would just let me 
get on the phone with somebody or send an email to somebody or have a virtual event. That vision that you had about being a leader of people, right? And when I say being a leader of people, I mean people as one person. Yes. Right. So being a leader of me as a people. Right. And so that you understood me as a people and what was my higher and best self. I think that's brilliant. Um, And I think that that is that is a true um, visionary in terms of thing like up here, being up here. Right. Right. And being able to to see the forest for the trees and and really bring out. um, And I think and so it's, it's natural to me that you would then um, go into, to coaching. Yeah, no. And, and for me, for me, I always felt like it was almost like I was cheating or it was like a shortcut. Cause I'm like, I don't ever need to be the smartest person in the room. I just need to help everybody figure out like what their genius is mm-hmm. and have a bunch of people. And that's basically how I built my community too. Right. Like have a bunch of people that have geniuses in different areas, build intentional relationship with them, give them room to do their thing. Right. And then like provide opportunities for them to be in rooms that they may not advocate to be in for themselves. Yeah. That's that's how, that's how it's worked out. Yeah. Deanna, what do you think? So I always talk about, you know, um, community and tribe and all of that stuff, like the power of association, but for you, um, and you may think the same thing, but what is it that is so powerful and important about having community to and having and not just community right because a lot of us have community we have a lot of people around us yeah. but having your tribe like yeah. what is the what is the importance of that the value of that wow wow so see you all up in my keynote now so li- this this is the thing right what I do I'm a lawyer I'm yeah, all, I'm like, up you all up in my keynote now we have to give you my points but no really what it comes down to because I, what I call my community is my success tribe right and there's so much value to it but for me it comes down to first of all um the opportunities to be able to have sponsorship right? To be able to be in true community with people who know what you do so well, who are so empowered by what you do, who are so motivated by what you do, that you are not required to be in every room where your name will be spoken. And that's so important. And something that we as women, specifically women of color, do not do as much or not as exposed to as, yeah, as yeah. other folks are, right? Yeah. Sponsorship, huge. And thing. I think, don't, and I think don't even understand the value necessarily the of value it. of it, right? So yeah. that's the first thing is sponsorship. The next part of this is at the end of the day, again, you know, you become, I truly believe that you become most like, like the five to six people that you surround yourself yeah. with most. And it's almost osmosis sometimes. Like even when you think about the the different relationships that you have, whether they're romantic relationships, whether they're friend relationships, whether they're peer relationships, if you spend enough time with someone, you're going to start to read the books that they read. You're going to start to speak the way that they speak. You're going to start to shop the places that they shop. But being able to have, that only comes from being in true community Mm -hmm. and actually 
taking the opportunity to learn, right? So I think that the proximity to folks who are doing what you want to do, you lit, it has to rub off on you. Like there's no yeah. other way, right? <laughs> unless you just don't want it to. Right, unless, unless exactly, unless you're repelling, right? right? Which, is a, which is a whole nother conversation. Which is a whole nother thing, because there's, there's those. Absolutely, and then finally for me, which is honestly the most important thing, is I believe that um, service is the highest level of leadership and being. So when you're in true community, you are creating opportunities for you to serve. Think about how you feel when you were able to help others in a way that um, is unabashed, where you're not looking for something in return, right? But yeah, you can yeah. only do that in a community where you know that somebody is looking to serve you in the same way. That's right? That's the hard part. So I say those three things, right? The proximity, um, the sponsorship, and also just the ability to serve. Those are the critical things of being in true community and building real tribe. Yeah. You always hear me say now, especially now that you're in ladies who leverage, I'm always talking about power of association and proximity is power. That's it. Right. So, so very important. And then the other thing I want to talk to you about as we're talking about community is, so I'm the leader of the ladies who leverage community and you're the leader of your community. Right. Tell me the name again. Success. Uh, the success Academy. Yep. Success Academy. Right. As leaders, though, it's also very important for us to have our own community. So talk about that, right? So that we become part of a community while we are also leading our communities. Talk about that. Absolutely. So, so important. Again, you know, I say this all the time. I don't think I said it here. I think I said it somewhere else earlier today. Um, I've been saying a lot of things, but at the end of the day, when you are, um, when you're walking with someone, one of two things is going to happen. You're either going to adjust to their pace or they're going to adjust to yours. If you're the person who's always setting the pace, that's a problem. So as a leader, it's so important to be able to sharpen the saw and to be in rooms that kind of terrify you, right? <laughs> rooms that you know that you're supposed to be in, but you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, right? Because that is where you actually find the resources, the strategies, the confidence to really and truly show up for your community That's right. in the way that you need to. As a coach, I tell the people all the time when I'm coaching people, and I do a lot more consulting than coaching right now, is that you cannot expect people to invest at a level that you haven't invested at, right? You can't tell me that you want five-figure clients and you not and, willing to do that for you yourself. DIY in with the, yeah. you know, the master classes and stuff, the YouTube. So yes. that you have to invest. If you're going to lead any type of community, it is incumbent of you to, you know that you are making a commitment of investment in order to continue to lead at the highest level possible. And coaches need coaches. Like yeah. that's just it. Yeah. Coaches need coaches. They need mentors. They need everything. And, you know, being in community too, when you talk about sponsorship and having your name spoken in rooms, but being in community is also just the connections that you make. Right. Because so now you're in ladies who leverage. So now you'll have access to my network. I'll have access to your network and you will have access to all the women's networks that are in there. And the way, you know, we make sure that 
every that people are go-givers, right? That this is something that you know because you have to leverage. Yes. Right? You have to understand how to leverage. And you know, going back to what you were saying about, you know, women, black women, women of color, and not not being um, and this is a generalization, so y'all don't get no nah, this ain't that ain't me. It's a generalization. Just so around, around <laughs> women not working together, women um, always wanting to you know compete or operating from a space of lack, and there's truth to that, right? And so I love seeing you know women like you and women like me and some of the other women who are building communities where you you get to understand that we can all do well. Absolutely. Right. And me doing well and helping you has nothing to do with me. (laughs) It has nothing to do with whether or not I'm going to be stunted. Right. It enhances me. I'm actually keynoting tomorrow um, an event called Successful and Surrounded. Right. Nice. That's that's what it's all about. Yeah. Is that you don't want to be successful in solo. Right. You know, I, I heard a really good coach say, you know, um, all the competition is at the bottom, right? Like we don't need to be competing at the top. <laughs> There's so much room. Yeah, There's yeah. so much room up here. There and is. at the end of the day, none of us can be, and that, that's a lot of what, you know, I talk to folks about when they're launching something or when they're executing on something is like lean into your gift. Yeah. Like yeah. don't, don't feel like you need to do all the things we pay specialists much more than we pay general practitioners. Like, lean into your gift. <laughs> I just keep saying that part because it's like, yes. Yeah, like, come on. Now, at the end of the day, you know, you don't hear a dentist, uh, you know, feeling feeling limiting beliefs around the fact that they're not a podiatrist or like they can't tell you what kind of foot powder to use. Like, lean into your gift. That's right. And surround yourself with people that allow for you to know who you can send folks to, right? That's right. I'm not the person for this, but I have a trusted resource. And that's literally what my, and our- I do that all day long. That's what (laughs) I do about. That's what it's about. It's a collaboration container. And that's literally what it's about. Yeah. I have people who will call me and I'll be like, oh yeah, I am not she, but I know who she is. But I know who she is. (laughs) I know she is. And I have relationship with she. Right. And, and I, I will can, refer you to you, she. And I can make a warm handoff introduction to she. But when and right. you need this, then, you know, this is what right. I need. Exactly. I, th- I think that's the other part that's so very important. You know, I had a, a conversation um, with a potential client and I was um, talking to them and I said, listen, I'll do this part <laughs> and I'll find the people who could do this part. I'm that's not doing that part. Right. right. Or I have said, you know, to people, yeah, that's not it. No, no, I can, <laughs> right? I can do it. Yep. I choose not that's to do it. it. And so here is who I would refer you to to do it. And I think that's also very important. And the thing too, you know, so people might be watching and thinking, well, why would Deanna join Kelly's community if she's the leader of a community? And I think that's the other thing that we have to understand too, is that we all operate in different spaces, or even if we operate in a similar space, we operate differently. We have different gifts, as you were saying, right? And so you have to learn to be able to leverage your gifts. You also have to learn to understand that you need to be in spaces. There, there are spaces that I'm in. Why am I in there? Because I want to know who's in there I want, or I want to be connected to the people who are in there. 
or I want to see what you're doing. Like, I want to understand the process. No, not to, you know, people like, oh, people are going to come in here and steal your, no, it's not. Like, it's not, nobody, nobody's creating anything these days, right? Everybody is recycling, right? We're all recycling, but it's understanding, right? They always talk about success leaves clues. And so it is understanding processes. And I think the other part that keeps us out of these spaces is around um, what you were talking about and not investing, right? Mm -hmm. And people not understanding that sometimes when you're talking about your tribe, and I talked about this in my book, Unapologetic AF, when you are talking about building your squad, building your tribe, building your village, some of those people you got to pay for. How about it? How about it? You, you gotta to pay to get access. Listen, that's another podcast. Kelly, we bought up to four podcasts, but no, it's true. It is so true. I tell people all the time when I am creating opportunities or when I'm investing in a coach or community, I'm paying for access. That's right. I'm paying for access. Why? Because guess what? These folks got a lot of people that's in their DMs. They got a lot of people that want to pick their brain. They got a lot of people that are, you know, seeing them on the stage and say, oh, I want to be there. But yeah. you have to invest in order to stand out. That's and right. sometimes that is what is required in order for you to be able to get access. Yeah. And you can't that's be mad it. about it. Like you, you can't be mad that somebody wants you to to pay right to get access to the things that they have curated you know you talked about the word curating that they had curated for for so long and you know as we as we grow and as we see so many more women um, developing their businesses and getting into entrepreneurship these are the lessons that Mm -hmm we need, right? It's not pick your logo. It's not what are mm. your colors? It's not any of those things. It is what is, what is going to get you from here? What most of us can get to six figures on our own. Yes. We can. Well, yes. Right. Absolutely. What's going to get you beyond that? If that's, that's what you exactly want, right. right? What is going to get you to that space? I went to a conference the other day with women who make millions, multi-millions. Mm-hmm. And being in that space was so different. The conversations mm-hmm. were different. The feel of it was different. The content that was provided was different. different. Of course. The access to information that people don't even know exists is different. And so you have to, and <laughs> you know, I was listening to one of the conversations and I was like texting my sister, like, I don't know what they're talking about. Listen, I was like, I just don't even know. She was like, just take down. She's like, just just take notes and right. But it's that. And it's that of not being um, like, I I believe I belong everywhere I am. So even though my, I wasn't at, I'm not at the level in terms of their revenue. I know I belong there. Right. And so that's the other part too, to not be afraid to be in spaces that you think are above you. Right. Or that people are at a different level than you. Because that's you, that's how you're going to grow. That's how you're going to grow in realizing that regardless of what level folks are at, whatever your gift is, like that's your gift. It You could go into a right, room right. with Jeff Bezos and yeah. your gift can inspire him. Right, because I could have been talking about the law and they right. wouldn't know what I was talking and, about. And that's the point, right? right. Is that 
you have to, and that is something also that I learned very, very distinctly at the high school that I was at, because I was in high school with, you know, heiresses, you know, what, what, anything you could imagine, right? They were all there. My, my high school, one of the most prominent alumni there was uh, Jackie Kennedy, right? So like, this, this is the type of people that were right. And to see how affected they were by my gift and by information that I was imparting, by how I was able to help them see things differently and the way that I added value to their lives and the way that they added value to my life in, in, in their gift. That is really what helped me to realize wherever you are, your gift is gonna make room for you. That's right. But what happens is that we don't always lean into our gift. We reject it. So that is why I am like so committed um, to, to helping folks lean into their gifts. Yeah, I think that, that that's such an important lesson um, and an important thought for, for you to, to leave with people to lean in, right? Lean yeah. into your power. I always talk about women being powerful at their core. And so understanding what is that, what is your core? Like what right. is your, your core values, your, you know, your core skills, your superpowers, what are those things and lean into that and operate from that space. If you operate from that space, nobody could throw you off. Right. That's why I tell you an exercise, like strengthen your core. If your yes. core is strong, you're, they can't, you they know, can't they may be able to rock you a little bit, right. They can rock you a little bit, but they're not going to tip you over. And so when you are, when you really embrace um, as a woman, you embrace that you're powerful at your core and you operate from that center. Yeah. People can't mess with you. They just cannot. What you just said, this just reminded me, this is the last analogy I'm going to give. So I used to do, I used to do uh, Bikram yoga years ago. Mm. Yeah, girl, me I too. remember being inside years ago. And I remember being in a big room class, right? And these like really, really petite women, like in really good shape. And I remember one of the classes, there was a football team that came in. And these are big, strong guys, right? And they, they had 24 postures, right? They could not get through like four, right? But they were like, I'm done, I'm out. As strong as those guys were, their core was not any match for these petite women who had such right. strong core, right? And that, that's ultimately what it is. You could be looking at this huge mammoth of a problem and thinking, oh my, who am I to try to solve this problem? But if you are really leaning into your core, your gift, then, you know, this is, that's, that's the story of David and Goliath, right? Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So I that when you said that, that just really resonated. That, that <laughs> awesome. Now, before we go, mm-hmm. I want to go back to um, you talking about your breast cancer journey. And the reason I want to talk about that is not necessarily about um, breast cancer, mm-hmm. even though, as you know, my mom's a survivor. So that's really, really important to me. But I imagine that, and I could be wrong, but I imagine that when you got that diagnosis that there had to be some measure of fear, right? Mm. Cause here it is, you're pregnant with your daughter, you have your other kids, you have your husband, right? There is this, this measure of fear. And despite that you took action, I imagine every day 
to, you know, continue to fight for your child's life, to fight for your life, to continue to move forward. What was that, right? Mm -hmm. Where does that come from? And, and, and tell the listeners and viewers why that's so important, especially for women, why it's so important to take action in face of fear. Okay. So one of the main things that I talk about in, in one of my talks is that the opposite of fear is not bravery. The opposite of fear is action. Mm. And as terrified as I was um, when I got the diagnosis, because it came completely out of nowhere. And I could tell a whole story about how I had to go back to the doctor four or five times because he didn't want to, he didn't want to scan me. He told me I did not have breast cancer, um, that it was just, you know, my milk coming in, all types of stuff, right? Okay, you need to tell this story in our October issue of the Lady Celebrity Magazine. Yes, I'm, absolutely. I absolutely will. Okay. Yes, it's a, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing, okay. right? But yes. ultimately, what I realized was that if I did not put one foot in front of the other, if I did not take action in the face of the most fearful thing that I've ever experienced in my life, I would have absolutely no idea, no way to know what my own strength was. Mm. I'm the type of person where I hate, I leave every stone unturned, right? I hate to have that, well, what if feeling? So I said to myself, in a worst case scenario, you know, we got a few million dollars worth of life insurance already, thankfully, right? <laughs> Just a few weeks before, thankfully. Right. right? Um, I have an amazing village. If somebody needs to take care of my family, we got that, right? Um, but if I don't even attempt to put one foot in front of the other, I will never know. I will never know what could have happened. And I enacted my tribe. That is why tribe is so important to me. Because at a time when I knew that I could not hold myself up, I knew, I knew that I could count on my tribe. And that's when I called my girls from my high school and they got me in and I leveraged the relationships that they had. And by the end of that day of my diagnosis, I had been on the phone with the medical directors of the three most prominent cancer institutions in the country. Wow. And within 24 hours, I was in the, in the office of my oncologist, who was a direct referral from someone that I had gone to high school with, and they had gone to medical school together. And this was Good Friday, right? Folks was gone, right? Like they were out. So for me, moving forward, there was literally no other option. If I would not have moved forward, I would have been defeated mentally before anything physical would have happened to me. But so often the thing that keeps us paralyzed are the fears in our head of what can happen. Not reality. None. Cause, it, cause we haven't even done it yet. So right. it we haven't done it. <laughs> so it can be a fact. Right. So that's why even when I'm talking to people and it's helped my coaching and consulting practice because I'm like, well, I can't launch my own business because it takes so much money. How do you know? Right, you haven't done it. Right? Like, what, what have you done? Right? So at the end of the day, for me, taking action is the ultimate way 
to be able to, min to diminish fear because now you're getting data. I'm a data person. And every time I take action, I have another data point. And once I have that data point, I can't go back. That's right. I can't go back. So action is the, the thing that diminishes fear. I love it. I love it. You know, and they say that um, being fearless is not the absence of fear. It's actually courage. Right? It's actually it's courage. courage. It's yeah. acting in fear. Yeah. Right? I do things scared every day. Every single day. Me too, girl. <laughs> every day. Right? And I'm still yeah. here. Yeah. I'm still here. And I learn the most in those challenges. And it's and it's not to say that, you know, if you take action, it's gonna be perfect no. or that it's gonna turn out the way that you thought. We do mm -hmm. a lot of things and it doesn't turn out the way that we thought. But like you said, it's data, right? And now you can say now when somebody says, Well, you should do this, you could say, No, well, I did try to do that, and this is what happened. Is now we're operating from a place of fact, not fiction. Consistent, imperfect action. Yeah. That's how you wow, this has been so good. Yeah. Oh my God. And we didn't even get to the last point that we were going to talk about, about the solo retreat. We could talk about that in the next podcast. Oh, no, no, no. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it because this is my podcast and it can be as long as I want it to be. But so I'm glad that you brought that up because, uh, so what we're, what um, Deanna is referring to is that she took a solo retreat. Right. So this is also this ties into what we're talking about, about taking action and about having courage. Right. And so you um, every year take a solo retreat. I can't remember if it's more than one, but you take a solo retreat. Talk about that, because as I mentioned to you, I have thought about doing that and I've never done it. But I do understand the value in it. And for women who are listening right now and they're thinking, I couldn't, I wouldn't, I don't know how, or what is she talking about going on a solo retreat? Tell us what that is. Let me tell you. So I do, and I, I will specify to say the one that I just came back from was one that was specifically focused on really um, recentering myself around the business, right? Like having the space, the mental space to be able to move forward in that way and to have all of my ideas and to not have the ideas interrupted by going to pick somebody up from school, uh, making uh, chicken nuggets, uh, ordering a pizza, uh, going to make dinner, whatever it may be, right? So that was really important to me. But what I found was that, um, so I take two to three a year. I take okay. two to three solo retreats a year. And for me, the main purposes of the solo retreats are that they are an opportunity for me to be able to reflect. They are an opportunity for me to be able to be rejuvenated, right? So like get the energy back to myself and they are an opportunity for me to be alone with my own thoughts and not have any interruption to those thoughts. Mm. So I did this by mistake about two years ago, right? I ended up going on a trip and like people were supposed to go with me, they didn't go. And after like the second or third day of that trip, I ended up coming up with like a complete framework for like my coaching business. And I was like, how? That was only like 18 hours. How is that possible? Because I had the mental space. So two to three times a year, I find a really nice suite in an area that allows me to be inspired where I can rest. And I take those two to three days. I only 
make calls. I don't receive them <laughs> during that time. And I usually go on with an agenda, right? Like these are the things that I want to accomplish over this time. And I just let the ideas flow. I eat really good food. I, you know, I go out, I stretch my legs, I walk. And the ideas that come up uninterrupted and the ability to take action on those ideas literally fuels the next six to 12 months of my business. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's I, I love that. Yeah. I love it. And it, it's simple, but effective. Right. Yes. And so, you know, for those, for those going back to what we were talking about, like acting in the face of fear yeah. for somebody who is fearful for somebody who, you know, has a great idea, has a vision, and you may have people around you who don't see it first, you need to surround yourself with people who will, who right. will support you um, in your vision. But also it might be that you need to just go do what you did, right? Have a solo retreat and create space for you to be able to flesh out everything. Cause sometimes when, when we share our vision with other people hmm. and they push back, it's not that they don't support you. It's that they don't understand. Right. And part of them not understanding is maybe a lack of clarity on your part. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, good. No, no, no. I was just going to say, and yeah. a lot of times what shows up in those conversations are the limiting beliefs that they feel within themselves, yeah. right? They, they don't believe that they could do it. That's so like, right. nobody do it. Cause I would never do that. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. so I think those, those solo spaces and being able to sit with your own thoughts and map out um, your vision also helps you to be more powerful, right. To be at that core and be able to say, this is my vision. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to put out into the world. So Deanna, thank you for sharing all of this. I mean, this has just been an amazing conversation. I look forward to the many, many more conversations. Oh, we're going to have so many conversations. You're going to be tired of me, Kelly. I'm excited. No, we're going to, because this is all good. I think, you know, so, and when you talk about tribe, when you talk about community, this is, this is the power of it. That's exactly right. right. This is the power of it. It is the ability to have these types of conversations that maybe, you know, your friends who you've had mm. don't, they're not in the same space. So they don't understand, you know, enough about what's going on. Not that they don't care about you, not that they don't love you, not that they, they don't, don't get it. support you, but they don't get it. Mm -hmm. They don't get it. So Listen, community is important. Tribe, squad, but, uh, uh, like whatever I said, you want to call whatever, it, whatever you want to call people. it. Get you some, <laughs> get you some get people. You some. Yeah, um, and make sure that you know that those people. And, and it's not that you get people who are always going to say yes. So that's not mm. that's not a right. You don't need all the yes women in the world around you, or yes men, or nope. you know, um, however people identify. You don't need them to just be like, oh yeah, everything that you're doing is great. No, you need the ones who'll be like, yeah, no, take that down. <laughs> right. So yeah. Deanna, I thank you it. again for being on the Ladies Who Leverage podcast. If people want to um, get in contact with you, how would they do that? Awesome. So they can, they can stay connected to me through Instagram. Um, that is the presence. If you just want to see some of my content and kind of get to know me a little bit, I'm on Instagram as Intentional Success Tribe. Um, and then also I have a free Facebook group where I help folks to be able to understand how to build connection. We have a good time in there um, and provide, you know, 
resources for folks who are trying to figure out how to collaborate, trying to figure out how to build connection. Um, and that is also under Intentional Success Tribe in Facebook. Join either one of those. Let me know that you saw me. Um, and if you're on Clubhouse, come and see me on Clubhouse because that's my spot. Um, I run a weekly Bustleman networking room in Clubhouse on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for a power hour at the most of power 90 minutes. I would love uh, to see your face in place in the Clubhouse room. I'd love it. And I'm there with Deanna Jean. Absolutely. So yes, definitely connect with her. Definitely go in her Clubhouse room. Her Clubhouse room is amazing. So please um, go connect with her there. And always make sure that you follow her on Instagram and she's invited you to her Facebook community. So get on over then. Join it while it's free. Yep, look, because you know that because the community, the real community is not free, but the Facebook group, that is the entry into uh, the paid community. Uh, the paid community is on Mighty Networks. So, All right. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us for today's episode with Deanna Jean. This is the Ladies Who Leverage podcast. Make sure that you subscribe, that you listen, that you enjoy, that you learn, and that you share. And if you are a female entrepreneur and you are looking for a safe, supportive ecosystem that is going to give you the opportunity to create and share information and ideas to build your business strategically so that it is thriving and so that you can live life unapologetically AF, I'm going to invite you to apply to our exclusive invite-only community, which is Ladies Who Leverage. You can go to lwlcollab.com. That's lwl. C-O-L-L-A-B as in boy.com. We would love to have you in our community because we are all about making sure that women win. So again, please subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. The episodes drop Mondays at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And there's a ton of them that you can go back and listen to. We're always making sure that you are entertained, educated, and empowered. So again, subscribe. And until next time, take care. Thank you for joining us. This podcast has been brought to you by Lady Lawyer Media. Make sure that you subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And if you are a female entrepreneur or business owner, and you're looking for a safe, supportive ecosystem to create and share ideas and information, build a thriving business, and live life unapologetically AF, then I'd invite you to apply to Ladies Who Leverage. We're an exclusive community of badass female entrepreneurs. So if that sounds like you, go to www.lwlcollab.com. That's L-W-L-C-O-L-L-A-B as in boy.com so that you can apply to join us in our amazing badass network. And until then, I want you to unleash your badassery and live life unapologetically AF. Are you a current speaker or an attorney, coach, expert, or entrepreneur who's tired of speaking for free or being underpaid? Are you ready to make bank for your brilliance? I have the perfect solution for you. Speaker moguls. We create highly paid sought after speakers by focusing on teaching you to master the business of professional speaking and building a bankable speaker brand that gets you known and paid. If you're ready to do what it takes for clients to put some respect on your name and pay you your value, 
you need to join our Speaker Moguls community now. You can join us at speakermogulsgroup.com. Yep, that's speakermoguls with an S group.com. Let's go get your money.